G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We're back as we do on a Tuesday, getting an update on breaking news as it has broken overnight out of Israel and the Middle East. And lots of those issues are very, very powerful issues, dominating headlines. Ron Ross back with us again. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. Well, Ron, the ongoing humanitarian crisis and civil war continues in Syria. An interesting development, though, Russia declaring that it's in talks with the U.S. to partner effectively to calm the crisis in Aleppo. Yeah, this statement came out yesterday by the Russian defense minister. Uh, He said that Moscow and Washington were edging closer to an agreement that would help defuse the crisis in the besieged Syrian city of Aleppo. And the United States State Department hasn't confirmed it, but it hasn't denied it. Uh, The statement said, We have seen reports of the Russian Defense Minister's comments. We have nothing to announce at this time. We speak regularly with Russian officials about ways to strengthen the cessation of hostilities, improve humanitarian access, and bring about the conditions necessary to find a political solution to this conflict. That was made by the State Department, the U.S. State Department spokesperson, Elizabeth Trudeau. The Russian Defense Minister, Sergei Shogu, said on Russia 24 TV that step by step we are nearing an arrangement. I'm talking exclusively about Aleppo that would allow us to find common ground and start fighting together for bringing peace to that territory, that long-suffering land, so that people could return to their homes. Uh, I think this is a very interesting development and uh, uh, one we'll be watching very carefully. Uh, Let's move on. Let's talk about uh, the way that there are, in fact, some attacks that come against Israel, and these are not always physical military attacks, but there are people who are financing the interests that are against Israel, and some hacked emails have revealed one particular U.S. billionaire, Ron, who has been financing policies in Israel. Yeah, this is through the Open Society Foundation, led by George Soros. And the hacked emails show that there's been an objective to challenge Israel's racist and anti-democratic policies. That's the wording in their statement. Uh, And they want to do that through international forums. The documents are available on a website reportedly backed by Russia. We suspect Russia responsible for the hacking. They revealed that Open Society, which was founded and chaired by the hedge fund billionaire uh, George Soros, gave close to $10 million since 2001 to groups to advance the rights of Arab Israelis. Uh, They have a very uh, uh, critical view of the Israel democracy. Uh, They said in recent years 
the radicalization of public opinion and consecutive Israeli right-wing governments have resulted in more restrictive measures against Palestinians within Israel. That cites an example, the Jewish Nation State Bill, advanced by sponsors to enrich, to entrench Israel's Jewish status, but decried by some Arab Israelis, uh, and that bill has not yet passed the government in Israel. So it's a worrying thing, but interesting what these hacked emails are, uh, the information coming forth. Mm. Uh, let's talk Olympics. We're all enjoying the Olympics and getting into the athletics. And as we reflect on the history of the Olympics, there are some black spots that appear. And uh, many will remember back to 1972, the Munich Olympic Games. Well, now Israel, Ron, is demanding the athletes that were murdered in 1972 be honoured at each Olympics. Yes, on Sunday, Israel demanded a commemoration for its athletes killed in 1972 to be done in a ceremony at every Games opening ceremony. They told the International Olympic Committee they wanted a black flag flying at every event. Days after the International Olympic Committee announced a mourning site at each Olympic village with a minute silence in the memory of those killed by Palestinian gunmen, Sport and Culture Minister Miri Regev urged the IOC to mark their debts at the next Olympic opening ceremony. It will be interesting to see how the IOC responds to that. OK, now, we all get excited when there are archaeological finds that affirm the biblical account. So now some archaeologists are claiming they've discovered the remains of the Egyptian army from the biblical exodus in the Red Sea. This is an amazing story. Uh, Egypt's Antiquities Ministry announced that a team of underwater archaeologists have discovered what remains of a large Egyptian army from the 14th century BC at the bottom of the Gulf of Suez, 1.5 kilometres offshore from the modern city of Ras Garib. The team was searching for remains of ancient ships and artefacts related to Stone Age and Bronze Age trade in the Red Sea area, when they stumbled upon a gigantic mass of human bones darkened by age. The scientists, led by Professor Abdel Mohammed Gender and associated with Cairo University's Faculty of Archaeology, have already recovered a total of more than 400 different skeletons, as well as hundreds of weapons and pieces of armour, also the remains of two war chariots scattered over about 200 square metres. They estimated that more than 5,000 other bodies could be dispersed over the area, and many clues on the site have brought Professor Gator and his team to conclude that the bodies could be linked to the famous episode of the Exodus. How exciting is that? It's amazing, and of course, given that a whole army was drowned there in the Red Sea from the biblical account, you might assume that there's an awful lot of archaeological finds still to be uncovered there. Very exciting. It is indeed. I, I, and I just, um, on Facebook, I made the comment, those people who don't believe the Bible cop this. <laughs> exactly. 
Ron, I'm always amazed at the number of Nobel Prizes Israel wins for science. And uh, I think if you look at those things historically, there's an awful lot of Israeli people who are acknowledged there. And now there's some new breakthrough claim to fame, Israel claiming some success against skin cancer. And I know a lot of Aussies might be very impressed to know that. Yes, a three-pronged approach to fighting skin cancer in Israel is showing success. Over the past five years, an aggressive campaign predicated upon awareness, identification and research has apparently been responsible for significantly lower skin cancer rates in the Jewish state. Under the direction of the Israel Cancer Association, newly created skin care apps such as Derma Compare and the development of immunotherapy drugs like Keytruda, the campaign appears to have made noticeable headway in fighting the disease. We were third in the world in the incidence and mortality after Australia and New Zealand. And it was, of course, because we have a lot of people who come from Europe with light skin. Mary Ziv, the Director General of the Israel Cancer Association said, in the last five years, Israel dropped to be the 20th country with the highest incidence of skin cancer and in terms of mortality. We dropped to number 13 for men and number 20 for women. So this is a a, a test or a series of tests Australia is very interested in. Well, Ron, uh, what a great lot of uh, interesting headlines there has been in breaking news from Israel and the Middle East. Thank you so much for your insights again today and uh, really appreciate you being with us on 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. Lovely to be with you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.